0: Welcome to Bronze and Modern Gods. Uh, I am John, and I'm here with Richard. Hey, Richard. Hey, John. How are you? I'm doing good. I, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm excited. Uh, things are happening. Uh, just a crazy week again in the comic collecting community. I mean, just so much to go over. But uh, we should let you know first, if you are not following us on Instagram, or uh, our facebook or snippety snappity chat or whatsapp or whatever the heck you want myspace myspace <laughs> uh, friendster <serve. laughs> follow us at bronze and modern god pretty easy uh you can also visit bronze and modern gods.com to catch up on old episodes to shoot us an email or to follow us on any of the social media if you are watching us on youtube which if you are hi how you doing uh, make sure you hit like and subscribe. We don't tell you that for our health. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. It's a holistic thing. And if you are not following us, then just stop watching us right now. We hate you. No,
1: don't we. <laughs> You're so subtle, Yeah, you
0: <laughs> know. That's why I'm here. Uh, no, we love people. We are here today because we're a little excited. I'm a little excited. I've got a caffeine buzz going on we've got so much to cover this week. We're going to talk about conventions, uh our experience at our favorite conventions. You know, in this time of covid, it's it's not happening right now. There are no shows happening. Uh they're starting to ramp up again as you'll see later on. Uh, so we're gonna go walk down memory lane a little bit, talk about that, and talk about what we think the future might hold, especially this summer. And then we've got a little teaser here for some of our underrated books of the week, and a teaser on Richard's end for the artist of the week. So why don't we start the way we always do by showing off our nerd shirts? You first, buddy.
1: Yeah, I've got a shirt. I really love this shirt. It's a Amazing Spider-Man 100 it is the cover it is hard like to get it. all into the frame but it is a gorgeous shirt
0: i like the two-tone though all red
1: yeah yeah I,
0: black where'd you get uh,
1: that it got it at uh superhero stuff.com uh, oh. i been buying all my shirts there. great great place yeah <laughs> I, I bought several <laughs> shirts for them come quickly great quality <laughs>
0: Love it! Oh, that's awesome. So my shirt this week is kind of a, a teaser, uh, some some uh, foreshadowing of what's happening later in this episode, and it's my man Herc, drawn by Ed McGinnis. I love this shirt. Uh, it was it's a custom, so you know, oh. good luck trying to find it. Uh, but I love that image, and we'll talk a little bit more about Herc later on this episode. But uh, let's start off as we always do um, with the hot. Book of the Week, and we've got a modern book this week that's uh, taking the reins, and it is uh, the Edge of Spider Verse number two. So, why is this book suddenly
1: so hot, Richard? Well, Edge of Spider Verse number two is the first appearance of G- Spider Gwen, uh, Gwen Stacy as Spider Gwen. She's obviously someone that's tied to another character that saw a huge spike last week, who is. Miles Morales as Spider-Man, so uh, this book has her first appearance and has trended in the past at having a higher value than um, the Miles Morales book. <laughs> Not <Tables> anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Tables have turned. Uh, the book has gone now, though it, it was going for around five fifty a couple of weeks ago. I know because I happened to buy one at the time, and now the latest sale on that book, the highest sale on the book, is eight hundred dollars. So it's, wow. it's seeing a, a rise in value, I think, because of the Miles Morales effect. Um, and that's going across the entire board of... This is one of those books that has a huge amount of reprints, uh, five different reprints, hmm. um, and a number of variants. So there are a number of ways that you can come across this book if you want to collect it. The first, the first uh, print is obviously the most... Uh, most desire, One of the most desirable, because there's a variant print that's more, more desirable. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a good book, um, and all of the subsequent reprints of the book have the same artwork as the original book. The only difference is at the very bottom of the book, this is something Marvel did in the period, they changed the color of the bottom, I don't know, 10%, 15% of the book to be a different color. It's white in the oh, first wow. print, okay. blue in the second print, and it, it changes color. Uh, and that's one way you can quickly tell whether the book is a first print or sec- second print, a fourth print or fifth print.
0: But the uh, third print has a different cover, though, right? It has right. That-
1: and mm-hmm. they did a, a design a design um, cover for the third print where you see mm-hmm. uh, Spider going in different angles and a kind of a, a, a blueprint type of background. And it's got green as the theme color to mm-hmm. it. And this is the only book out of the reprints that has a different color a cover from the other books uh in this in the sequence and because of that it's it's seeing spikes in its value you're seeing values for this book around um 225 for example for a cgc 9.8 um and that i think that value is going to continue to go up and, you know as this book goes up the first print goes up the value of this third print will go up
0: help me out as as uh a Bronze Age kid, and as someone who loves Silver Age and even some Golden Age stuff, I'm buying Patsy Walker annuals. You know, know man. who you are.
1: You're All right.
0: It. So, Spider Gwen. Well, who? What? She Gwen Stacy's <laughs> alive. She's got spider powers. What the? What the? Who the what?
1: Yeah, Marvel. Marvel took um, has taken kind of a page from um, DC's book when it comes to multiverses, mm. splitting the Marvel universe into several different different uh, parallel universes. And in one of those parallel universes, um, Gwen Stacy, instead of dying as she did uh, in the normal Marvel universe, she actually ends up surviving, living and gaining powers. And it seems, and if you've watched the Spider-Verse movie, you you may have some, some insight into this. There are different kind, different spider people um, in this, and one for each different spider universe, and all of them have a backstory that reads similar to Peter Parker's backstory, but different in some way. There's always some tragedy involved with them rising to the challenge of of being a superhero. Uh, and Gwen Stacy is one of those characters in one of those multiverses, as sure. is Miles Morales.
0: It's kind of a callback to Mark Greenwald's Worlds of What If. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's. I never equated to that, but yes, yeah. yeah, it's really interesting because it gives you know this 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 uh, multiverse gives Marvel the opportunity to go all kinds of different directions with all kinds of new heroes that can spring up. For example, Silk, which who is a uh, Korean American who gets bit by the same spider as as Peter Parker and has this has spider powers and and is rumored to be a character in a movie that's upcoming. Uh, in the Sony Spider Verse, there's all kinds of of opportunities and frees them up to create new stories. Uh, and the Gwen Stacy story and and Spider Gwen has really hit home. And I think it was driven home by the movie, to be honest with you.
0: So that's where like Spider Man Noir comes from. All these right. things, you know. So you're right. prob- we're probably sp- preaching to the converted here, but as an <laughs> as an old fart myself, I kind of like okay, let's let's break this down a little bit. So uh, so thank you for. Uh, for uh, entertaining Nana's question, all right. <laughs> uh, the,
1: the value of this book, I think, is going to continue to rise at about the same pace as we'll see Miles Morales rise. Miles Morales, uh, Ultimate Fallout Four, is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about his first appearance. Uh, I think has plateaued and is now coming on the about the back end of of the bubble. Uh, it's going mm-hmm. to continue to go down, uh, and it's going to. I I think it's going to finally reach its real selling point around, um, $750, seven hundred fifty, eight hundred, around that range. Uh, and we'll see Spider Gwen or, or Edge of the Spider Verse uh, number two. We'll see it also rise. he will hit its plateau and then dip down and then settle to a a price. I think someplace commensurate with with uh, what Ultimate Fallout Four is going to be maybe a little less just because she doesn't have a video game after her um yeah you know we'll we'll see i i I think we're going to continue to see over time there's solid value in this book because of the movies uh, that are that are coming and um i think i think sony and marvel are committing to this character so we'll see more comic books and we'll see more movies related to to her
0: so if you are looking for this book and you want like you're, you're an uber collector. You love yourself some Spider-Gwen. What is the one version besides the obvious first print? If you're going to get any of the variants, what would you shoot for?
1: Well, there's two. Uh, if I was Money Unlimited, I would get the Land version, uh, which is one of the variant covers. Uh, it is it is a really nice cover. It is the rarest of the different variants, and it's going hmm. for about uh, $2,500 for not a 9.8. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 always been up there, and I think it's it's again it's rising a bit. But if I was on the other end of the spectrum, and I and I'm looking to collect uh, and and possibly speculate something more reasonable, I would go after the third print. I think the third hmm. print is still undervalued, uh, or I well, maybe undervalued is not the right word. I think there's still room to grow uh, in the value of uh, the third print. So if you buy today for $200, two hundred, two fifty, um, you'll see. Um, in my opinion, a rise in value over time. It, it's never going to be as valuable as the first print, but I, but I, like I said, I think there's still room there for that book to to reach its potential.
0: It's interesting you say that because uh, I actually was able to snag a third print during one of the Remedy Tour live sales. That Ali and, and various other retailers have been having, and it got it came in the mail this week, and I'm like, oh, so that's that Spider Gwen <laughs> I have read so much about, and I kind of glad I got it uh, because you know we don't have shows anymore, and yeah. that kind of what our topic is about this week is comic book conventions, our favorite ones, uh, looking forward to getting back out there. And what we think the summer is going to be like. So let me start off the conversation, if I if I may, by giving you a little experience that I had last week. Uh, I got up early on Saturday morning because they announced that the Frank and Sons Collectibles show, which is – I believe it's a huge – it's a former Walmart that has been converted to just hold as many dealers for collectibles as possible. So it's kind of like this giant Uber collector's flea market. They have everything from sports collectibles to uh, card collecting, um, statue figurines, things like that, but lots and lots of comic books. And so we've been out there a few times since they moved to their new location before COVID-19 hit, and they announced last week they were reopening. So we thought, you know what? Let's Get in the car Saturday morning. They opened at nine o'clock. We left the house here in Long Beach about 10. Took us about 45 minutes to get here. And this is what we saw. So I thought, all right, things are reopening. Let's check out Frank and Sons, the big collectible show in Southern California. So here we are. I have to be honest. I'm kind of eh about it. I feel a little guilty breaking our self-imposed quarantine after so many weeks. But we thought, let's come take a look and Boy, this is what we found. So there is the entrance, and the line wraps around this entire building all the way back through here, and then loops around again, and around, and that's the end of the line. So, you know, that's kind of what we saw. People are not worried about heading back in there. You saw the line. It was two hours after they had opened. That line was huge. I don't know if we showed you the true scale of it. It went all the way around the building, all the way behind the building, and wrapped back around and came back towards the front of the building, and that was just to get in. So I'm not passing any judgment here. Let me be very clear. If people are comfortable – it is a calculated risk. I, I have to give credit to Frank and Sons. They're very clear on their website about the social distancing, about wearing masks, about sanitation. They have hand sanitizers everywhere. They are doing the right thing. Uh, it was just, it was a little too much for me personally this early on. And, and but it just kind of, it, it freaked me out, but it gave me hope. Does that make any sense?
1: It's weird, you know. I I keep waiting for the comic book industry to be suffering uh, from the lack of new books, the 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 fight between from between DC and Diamond, uh, but all I see are, are you know just just a bullish market uh, when <laughs> it comes to comic books. Uh, it's it's really really impressive, and and the fact that people are willing to wait in that line in the um, heat, it was hot in too. The in California, sun uh, is just. A testament to uh, the power and strength of of this hobby. Um, uh, I, 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 me personally, I would have been do, have done the same thing I, that you did. I, I would not be waiting in that line. Uh, yeah,
0: and I'm sorry, Richard, but I just want to be clear so nobody like comes at me. I'm not saying Frank and Son did anything wrong. They're they're allowed to be open. They want to be open. I wanted to go, frankly, uh, no pun intended, and. You know, I just didn't want to wait in that line right. around that crowd of
1: people. Frankly, no matter what the condition, I, my 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 patience in waiting those lines uh, is no longer there. Mainly because there's so many other options nowadays. Exactly. You know, with with Instagram and the the, the sales that we've seen on Instagram um, and other markets like Facebook has has a its marketplace or uh, eBay, of course, is, is an alternative. There's so many other places that people are selling books. Um, but yeah the the we, we we're talking about conventions and 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 um, their current state one of the questions I have is is the days of large conventions like that um, in the past and where we, we we don't need to converge in such a large group to be able to share and enjoy this hobby well you say that but
0: I loved it. I mean, I still love it. And just last January, and it's here in my notes to talk about, you flew out here for a big one that we, we went to together, which was the uh, California comic con, which is by Terry from Terry's comics. uh, One that I look forward to every year. It used to be all the way for me, all the way out in Yorba Linda. And they moved it this year to Costa Mesa, which I was like, yeah, 20 minutes away. Uh, So that was great. And you know, as much as I, you know, I love me some Instagram live sales, you know, I like that, but I'm looking forward to getting back out to a show and seeing, walking up to the golden age gurus booth, you know,
1: but you know what, that was a great show. I, I met so many, it's it's funny how many people I met there that I converse with now mm-hmm. uh, and other, for example, Gene from Shortboxed, uh, the app, uh, that everyone should check out if you're looking at buying and selling comic books, but I uh, met him there personally, um, like you mentioned, the Golden Age Guru, we met him while we were out there. Um, that that show, I, I don't I don't consider it a big show like uh, like the Frank show or like yeah. SDCC. Those shows are, are are kind of mega shows. They are more about just comics you know, SDC is such a, such a large conference. The conference for the California comic con was very focused in its vendors. They are yeah. all comic book vendors. Uh, the audience that was there were all comic book people. There weren't people looking for funcos or, or our miniatures, everything, everything was very specific. And I, and I think that kind of convention, uh, is, is potentially the future where we're, where we're, we have a smaller audience, but that argue, our audience is more, uh, discerning. And, and the, the, the vendors that are serving them are more specific, um, so I see that being something that I agree is is a great thing. I'm just not sure that things like SDCC are going to be able to continue in in the kind of climate that we have now.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think if things get a little better in terms of uh, managing the spread of this thing. Uh, any better treatment, any kind of vaccine that may be developed in the next year or so. I think San Diego comic-con is always going to be San Diego comic-con, but to your point, you know, it's everything. It's, it's more about hall H and what movies premiering. It's mm-hmm. more about the video games. You know, DC has got a spectacularly huge booth, uh, but then Marvel like basically sets up a stage and just trots out creators it's you know and then you go down uh and you walk around you see torpedo comics there and some cool people like uh um uh dale roberts and some dealers like that but the overhead is so high that i don't know if they're if unless they're gonna get some sort of discount going forward if they're gonna it's gonna be tenable much longer right i love small local shows Mm -hmm. there's not enough of them in southern california there's one that was happening in downtown la at the at the shrine uh every month that i used to like um in ohio there was mid ohio con oh i used to love mid ohio con did they still have that mansfield
1: yeah it got canceled this year everything Eocon, which was here in ohio too which is a big show it got canceled
0: but i love a good local show i mean when 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 you and I were coming up, uh, we would have shows at the local VFW. Remember those? <laughs> and I want to see those make kind of a
1: comeback. I wonder, I you know, too. I would too. I, I think those are great, and, and I don't want people to misunderstand me. I, I, not, I don't. It's not that I don't like SDC. See, uh, I actually, I actually had tickets to go this year. I was going to fly out meet John. Uh, and we were going to do SDCC. We we're going to do it for the, the podcast. we were going to kind of walk around and give our impressions. We were all awesome. excited. Yeah. I, I had for five, five years. I have been trying to get tickets to SDCC finally managed to get tickets this year was pumped. And then all this happened and, um, the opportunity has been moved back to next year, uh, in terms of the tickets. So, uh, I I, I also think those those shows have a place. I just don't know if uh, as a a comic book collector um, and a comic book buyer, if those are going to be the kind of venues that I'm going to be buying my books at.
0: I will say, if you have never gone to San Diego Comic Con, it's like Vegas. You got to go at least once. I mean, you may love it, you may hate it, but then you can tell everybody you've done it and you can't pass judgment on it until you do it. So if you if you want to get in the badge lottery, definitely try. Go for it. This is the first year since 1990 that I will not be going. And the only reason is because it's canceled.
1: Yeah, it's I've like seen. Route 66. If you're a car guy, you got to go. If you're <laughs> a comic book guy, you got to go to San Diego Comic Con.
0: Uh, you know, I'm just thinking back when we were talking about this topic uh, earlier this week. The one show that really sticks out in my mind that I really – i have really fond memories of and it was a one-time thing was when cleveland was celebrating the 50th anniversary of superman and they had this big superman convention this 50th anniversary superman convention in downtown cleveland uh and i was a volunteer along with our friend Forrest, uh who uh we volunteered in neil levitt who god rest his soul he has he would He owned the comic shop that I managed, and we were volunteers. So we kind of got to go behind the scenes and help set up and help. uh, I remember walking pros around and getting them to their tables like Kurt Swan. I have a Kurt Swan sketch that I got at that show of Superman that I treasure. I'll have to show it. Uh, And it was just a great show. Now, of course, the company that put it on went bankrupt right after. (laughs) But (laughs) I love that show. It was a great memory for me.
1: I remember the old shows that we used to go to. Uh, I remember uh, um, my first um, resurgence of interest is when you flew out here um, and we went to a, uh, we went to a convention here uh, close to me and it was a very specific comic book convention, kind of like the com- the California Comic Con and it was, it was only yeah. comic book vendors. And um, yeah, I kind of got a taste again of comic collecting and the 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 thrill of the hunt and the chase, and you were pulling out books. Then you were, telling, <laughs> uh, you know, what kind of um, deals that you were getting out of it, and that of course just perked my perked my ears. So that uh, when I later on came across my old comic convention uh, collection and decided to get back in, into the groove, uh, those are the kind of experiences that I were I was looking for.
0: I, I that's what I love. Uh, you know, IG live sales are one thing. The thrill of the hunt and finding someone that you know has a book that you've been looking for and, and it's priced right, you you kind of swoop in and do it. And you go
1: into that to that one comic book sh- uh, shop and finding eight uh ultimate Fallout 4 second prints, followed by eight more of the other second prints, all in a row, all that have been sitting there since 2011, uh just waiting for me to find them. You know, and it's that's that kind of thrill that uh it's hard to replicate when you're doing a live sale.
0: California Comic-Con in January, I went to a dealer who had a Rawhide Kid 23, which is the famous monster issue with the totem and sells in multiples of guide in higher grades. And he was like, what do you want for it? Or what do you want to give me for it? And I'm like, how about this much? And he's like, okay. And I'm like, you know, I kind of like trotted away because I, like <laughs> I was, I was stealing something, but I wasn't. I gave him money for it, yeah, so uh, it I mean
1: that that kind of sense, yeah,
0: yeah. That's why you know it's one of the reasons I like shows and the camaraderie and just the whole fun of it. So let's hope that you know something happens. I don't know why. I wish I had a happy ending or some sort of button to put on this, but you know yeah. that. Well,
1: in my opinion there these are businesses and in in this in that sense and all businesses are struggling right now to establish a new norm um and at some point they'll find that norm and we'll be able to move forward from that point and I, i don't think it's going to be exactly the experience we had in the past of being huddled around uh long boxes shoulder to shoulder digging through things um but I think we we'll have we'll still have that kind of experience in terms of being able to um approach a, a vendor and look through his wares and and um haggle and all the things that are that are part of the of the hunting process.
0: And who knows, in a year and a half, two years, we can go back with a vaccine and I can go lick everyone's books <laughs> the way I used to.
1: i don't
0: even even know what that means uh (laughs) i think it's time to move on to the artist spotlight this week uh talking about polarizing uh (laughs) that was a polarizing (laughs) statement our artist spotlight this week is someone who is much more polarizing than i thought when i started looking online and and doing a little research and that is john ramita jr uh john ramita jr uh you know just like his dad started off uh, on uh, some Marvel Universe stuff. Uh, he co-created the Prowler with his dad at the age of 13. I remember him from his early run on Iron Man with Bob Layton, that was uh, really cool looking. And he was just you know a pretty solid draftsman, much in the vein of his father. He drew very much like his father, which I loved. Uh, then he moved over to Spider-Man and um, Richard, what's what's your uh, interaction? What's your experience with the art of John Romita Jr.?
1: Uh, you know, he like said, he did he did Spider Man. He did a, a run in X Men, which I I can mm-hmm. remember. He he uh, worked with Chris Claremont in a in a in a, a really good run of of the X Men. Created one of my favorite characters was Forge. Um, so yeah, he, he he's he, to me he's um, Spider Man, but primarily an x-men artist and
0: that x-men run was interesting the first one because he started off really kind of imitating paul smith who he replaced and then he uh grew into his own a lot of it had to do with uh the inkers bob wyatcheck and dan green frankly uh but then he came back on the book in the 90s and he kind of like imageized his style a little bit uh the the characters got bigger, blockier, more Kirby-like. So all of a sudden this artist who, as the big Kirby uh, acolyte that I am, this artist who I was kind of like, oh, he's good. Now all of a sudden I was like, wow! John Romita Jr.'s got this big, blocky, Kirby thing going on, and I'm into it. Meanwhile, it seems like the rest of fandom's like, what the hell happened to John Romita Jr.? (laughs) I used to love his stuff.
1: Oh, he also, he co-created the Hobgoblin, which is probably one of the uh, more famous uh, Spider-Man villains.
0: What did you think of the the change in his uh, art style? Did that have, did
1: you change your mind about him at all? Or you know, it was it was a little jarring for me. I liked his previous style better. When he when he did that change, and um, like you said, he imagized his his style. I, I wasn't necessarily a big fan. Um, I was trailing off of books at that point anyway,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I don't know if that was the impetus was that change. Um, Billson Kavich had some some things to do with my deciding to leave as well. <laughs> wow! Um, yeah, I yeah, this, that is the story for another time.
0: You, you love um, your basics.
1: <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> um, but in you know, overall, he's a he's always been a solid artist. You know, you can't you can't argue with his anatomy. You can't argue with his with um, the way he he tells a story through his through his art. So uh, he's hey, always been. One of those, one of those character, one of those artists that I I find um, is a a solid performer, a solid, <laughs> solid work person, and, and, and will will create something that I will enjoy. Uh, it may not be necessarily always exactly what I enjoy, but um, I will find enjoyment out of it.
0: Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I, it's not like I think the guy can do no wrong. Uh, his run on Superman, I thought, oh, this will be good. And I was like, what's going on here? Not a fan uh, of that. But I, I do have to say, I, I loved his run on uh, on uh, Spider-Man with uh, J. Michael Scherzyzewski however his name <laughs> like, oh you did it better so, than
1: i would have <laughs> you
0: know the babylon five guy let's just yes, call i him. know uh, yeah and now he's kind of he's over at dc now it's it's weird i i just have him so identified with marvel that it just it I, it's a mental block for me sorry
1: yeah there's some artists like that 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 you have a hard time i still have a hard time with jim lee being at dc
0: um, <laughs> he's been published for how
1: long? <laughs> I, know, I know. You know he's he's been everywhere. He he is Jim Lee is the is the workhorse of the comic book industry.
0: He is. And speaking of uh, workhorses, we're going to transition now into a Marvel Silver Age workhorse that is finally finally getting his due. As we talk about the underrated books of the week, I'm going to start.
1: Okay, I want you to. I, I first before you proceed, I want you, everyone to know. John is crowing at this because he uh, he predicted this. Mm -hmm. He has been chasing this particular book and was so proud of actually chaining it. And now that it's becoming something of a critical acclaim, I think I think he wants he wanted to to have an opportunity to to share his joy. Rich has known me for 30 years.
0: (laughs) Rich knows I'm about two superheroes when it comes down to the nitty gritty Captain America. And the boy, my boy, Hercules, 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 Hercules. <laughs> Why do I like Captain America? Because he inspired me to join the army and serve my country. He is the, the, the good guy to beat all good guys. He believes in the goodness of America and, and humanity as a whole. He's always there with an inspirational speech. He's someone to look up to as a paragon of virtue. Why do I like Hercules? He's the exact opposite of everything I just said.
1: He's a big <laughs> drunkard,
0: boofy, boor, boorish guy, and he's hysterical. When he's written well, he is just the best. Uh, I like to say that Cap and Herc are the two sides of my coin in terms of my personality. I've I got my very, thank you, got my very responsible side, and I've got my big drunken boorish ophi side. Uh, and you know, like I'm like certs two, two, two mints in one. So, I uh, here uh, here's me dressed up as the guy at Comic Con a few years ago. Here's me dressed up as the guy again a couple years later at Comic Con. Uh, so I, I I'm willing to to make myself a fool walking around Comic Con dressed as Herc because I love the characters so much. So I had a mission when we went to that California Comic Con back in January, and that was hey. I have this guy, I buy all the appearances, I love Champions, number one is one of my favorite covers of all time, I love all the early Thor stuff, but you know what, I don't have it, Uh, I don't own a copy of journey in the mystery annual number one i don't own a copy of journey into mystery 124 which is the first full hercules cover uh, kind of like where he's by himself so i told richard i was like i'm on the hunt for a journey the mystery annual number one at the show and we walked around uh, and it was near the end of the show right right, uh, right. i wish i could remember the dealer's name because i really want to give him a plug but I, I completely blanked on it i'm so sorry but i saw a raw copy up on a dealer shelf and it looked really good. And I thought, you know what, um, can I take a look at that, mister? And he brought it over and I kind of ballparked it in a 7.5, 8.0. uh, he thought the dealer, frankly, had thought it was higher. And I was like, mm, not with this weird jagged line rip thing happening on the top of the cover. They're not going to make it any higher than an 8.0, even if it is a production defect, which I think it was. Uh, and I bought it a little haggling, but I bought it and I bought it for what I thought was a really kind of outrageous price at the time. Do you remember what I
1: paid for it, Richard? No, I don't.
0: I paid $800 for that book. And I thought I'm kind of getting gouged here, but it's the nicest copy I've seen period because I had a 4.5, uh, and I sold it cause it was just, I don't want a 4.5 in my house. Uh,
1: and, uh, <laughs> maybe for the servants' quarters, but not for the main
0: house. <laughs> I'll take an FF one or a Hulk one in a four point five. Anything else is not gonna stay here. Uh and so oh, that was really snoppy. Um <laughs> And so I got this book and they had a CGC drop off at the show. I looked at it up and down. I thought, you know what? It doesn't need to press. It doesn't need to be cleaned. It was really, I think it had already been pressed, frankly, and cleaned. So I dropped it off at the show. And a few weeks later, this baby arrived at the house. Oh, she's so pretty. She's an 8.0. And
1: I thought that was ballsy when you did that, when you you just, you, you picked it up from the dealer Walked over to the CGC drop off and handed to the guy with basically not, not ever touching it. And went. fortune
0: favors the bold.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: (laughs) In this one, I got the show as well and I got a pretty good deal. I talked the dealer down a bit. Uh, I, I kind of ballparked it. You know, it's going to be a seven, five. I think I'll be happy if it's a seven, five. I took it home, gave it some tender, loving care, (laughs) you know, uh, And she came back in 8.5. Hey, I love this cover because it's like Thor. Oh, yeah, there he is. (laughs) Hercules is in this book, people. So in in between that time, this book is exploded. A Journey into Mystery Annual 1. There's movie speculation that the guy is going to be in either the She-Hulk TV series, which would make sense. Uh, Because they have a romantic uh, relationship in the comics. Or he's going to be in Thor, Love and Thunder, which makes even more sense. So people are speculating. You like that? Yeah. So people are speculating big time on my boy Herc. So if you have not gotten Journey into Mystery Annual number one now, here's my advice. Don't buy a slab. What? Huh? There are lots of raw copies out there. And it's one of those square-bound annuals from the mid-60s that we talked about last week with some other square-bound annuals. They're easy to clean. If you know how to press a square-bound, you can really give some CPR and some new life to a book. Uh, That white cover, though, it does pick up everything. This has been an undervalued book for decades. It's one of those books that nobody gave a crap about, so it's kind of bopped around quite a bit. But you could get a nice uh, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0 raw copy, still fairly affordable, and do a little work on it and see what you can do and try to get it slabbed and get a six out of it. Go get your Herks. And and while we're talking about Herc, I want to show off some of my original Hercules art that I'm, I'm collecting. This is a beautiful piece that I commissioned at the Long Beach Comic Con from Scott Collins, who really went to town on... On uh putting some Kirby-esque elements in it. And speaking of Kirby-esque elements, at the long or at the California Comic Con in January as well, Eric Larson did this piece for me where he channeled Kirby to the point where the fist is popping out and giving you a big shiner. So these are just beautiful pieces. I'm really happy with them. I've got more coming, more commissions coming, and uh the Hercules Wall will be filled
1: soon. So what's your book this week, Richard? I'm going to talk about a more modern book uh, and actually kind of a pair of modern books. Uh, Marvel came out with a title called Marvel Point One. It's one of the most confusing <laughs> titles uh, ever because they have a Marvel Point One that came out in 2012 and then a Marvel Now Point One. Um, and there's a, two ap- appearance, first appearances of two characters that I think have some some serious legs in the future of the MCU. Um, the one Marvel Point One uh, is the first appearance of, of Sam Alexander as Nova, and the Marvel Now.1 is the first appearance of Kamala Khan as Marvel. Um, those two characters I think are going to be something that not not in the in the short term. Uh, going to be a part of the of the mcu maybe but in the long term i think they are good solid bets of a of a updated um youthful mcu you know we're going to get rid of some of these older characters um and go towards a younger uh base so that you have that 10 year span that you can mature with those characters. Think of Harry Potter. Harry Potter started right. off young and they got older over time. You, 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 you wanna have these younger characters. So um, these two books are still, I mean, you can get the Sam Alexander first appearance for, st- for still 10 bucks if you uh, buy it raw. Uh, the Kamala Khan uh, book uh, is a little bit more expensive. It's gonna cost you about 50, 50 bucks raw it, it fluctuates a bit. Um, but people who want Kamala Khan's first appearance are, are, are gonna want to look at that book. There's there's a um, Captain Marvel 17 the second print is mm-hmm. a very popular book for, for um Ms. Marvel. It's her on the cover with the uh, you know long you know big fists and stretched arms. That that book is really expensive. It's going for like eight hundred dollars raw if you want if you want something that is is easier just to pal you know to, to stomach that Marvel Point One is, is um, the better, uh, the better book. But you know, just like I talked about last, last week, we talked about the champions, the new champion series, not the original champions that you're talking about with Herc. Um, you know, there's Miles Morales, Spider Gwen, Silk, um, you know, Am- Amadeus Cho is the Hulk, Kamala Khan, and Sam Alexander. I still think that is going to be a team that is going to have some some power, either in the MCU and movies. Or in on Disney Plus on TV shows. Um, now is the time to buy these things. Don't don't look at don't be the person who's buying Ultimate Fallout Four when it's you know fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, be the guy who who buys them out of the bins. Like I got the Second Prince for for six eight bucks a piece. You know, buy them now while they're not the focus of people's attention. Because once that announcement happens, it will go from. A $10 book on Monday and the announcements on Tuesday, it'll be a $700 book on Wednesday. That's just can the I, way the market works right now.
0: Can I point another one out that I think sure. people are really sleeping on and is way undervalued? And that is Amazing Fantasy 15, the first appearance of Amadeus Cho. Um, Amazing okay, Fantasy.
1: You had me there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing,
0: <laughs> Amazing Fantasy 15 is way undervalued. Nobody's paying top dollar <laughs> for that. No, the uh, there was another series called Amazing Fantasy that was kind of like a Marvel premiere, Marvel Spotlight tryout book. Uh, and they tried all sorts of different concepts and you know, <laughs> not, not, no big winners. Uh, but the last issue, 15, strangely enough, I believe that's the last issue, was the first appearance of Amadeus Cho. and it's this little, you know, I think an eight, ten page story in the back of this thing. And the writer Greg Pock, I believe who is who it was, uh, kind of fell in love with this character and brought him into, but uh the Incredible Hercules series. Uh, as Herc's sidekick, and this was well before Amadeus Cho became the totally awesome Hulk and a member of the Champions. And so you've got all these books, the Point one books with Kamala Khan, the uh, Point one with uh, the Nova. Uh, but I think Amadeus Cho really gets slept on. Uh, it just is going to take the right book, the right, uh, the right uh, movie announcement, whatever it is, because that amazing fantasy book was just the lowest selling marvel title for the entire run just about i mean it was just like squeaking by with these pitiful orders so there are and it's a, and it's a double-sized book that last issue so it's a tougher book to get a 9.8 i had a 9.8 uh, i sold it a couple of years ago i kind of wish i held on to it uh but it's a tough book to get a 9.8 and there's just not a lot of them out there
1: yeah you know i hate to sell this uh, to say this because this is Still a book I'm chasing. Um, that same book, Amazing Fantasy 15. There is a Turkish variant of that book uh, that has, in instead of Spidey on the cover, it's got um, uh, Spider Gwen holding a Miles Morales in that in that classic yeah, yeah. pose. Uh, I have, I am. Uh, it is a Turkish version of the book, and I am hunting that and. Um, please let me get my copy first <laughs> before because there's I, only 250 uh, printed of that particular book. So All you
0: need to do right now,
1: book a flight to Turkey.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that might be a little extreme. Go on. Be, go on. I got outbid. I, I was bidding on uh, a copy of this book, and it went over my budget, which was went over $500, I believe, wow. uh, for this book. Um, but no, it's, it's – um, Amadeus Cho, I agree with you completely. If if you want to reboot the Hulk uh, for a younger crowd, it's perfect. It is a perfect way of doing that. It's a, an established way of doing that. So yeah, I, I I think this whole concept of you know this Champions team and and all these younger Marvel characters, you know, really is something that you can get on, in on the ground floor. And and frankly it, it, right now it's it's not a huge investment. You 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 spend 10 bucks on a raw, maybe 50 bucks on a raw. I have actually what I have is a $100 investment pack. It's maybe something I start doing. Um you get one Sam Alexander's first appearance, you get one Kamala Khan's first appearance, and then you get Viv Vision's first appearance in wow. Vision number 1. Uh Viv Vision is uh, another character in Champions and I think you know, she's going to be um, maybe young in the uh, upcoming um, Vision um, uh, Scarlet Witch movie or TV show. But yeah. you know, she's going to be entering into the MCU in, in, in a form. And, um, you know, we may see things from her. And, and that book is still in a reasonable, you know, $20, 30 for that book. So for 100 bucks you can get all three, put them in a long, uh, your, 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 your long box in the back and just wait and see what happens. I think it's a good investment and um, could pay off in spades.
0: That's great. Well, now you guys have your marching orders. you got plenty of things to buy this week. You have no excuse for not buying anything unless you're broke. But then you know. <laughs> there to be a lot of
1: broke people in comic books right now. I mean, all this money going around for uh, UF4s and, and uh, Edge of Spider-Verse. I'm I'm impressed that we, we as a hobby, keep finding money to, to raise the value of these comics.
0: And you know, do it Richard and I both do. We're very we're very open about it. We sell other books to finance the books we really want, you know. I have no uh, great affection for Spider Gwen, God bless her. You better believe I'm going to flip that book and buy another Patsy and Heidi annual. <laughs> uh, is that smart? Debatable. But You know, buy what you love and you're always going to be happy. Make sure – yeah, no better words to leave uh, fans with that, right? Buy what you love. And with that, we're out of here. Please make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit like. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platforms, please give us a rate and review. By the way, we saw all the new reviews you guys gave us last week on Apple Podcasts and all the other platforms. You don't know how happy that made us. That really made our week. So don't think we didn't see that. Visit us at bronzeandmoderngods.com. Hit contact, shoot us an email. We love hearing from you. We'd love to uh, uh, talk about more topics you guys want to hear about. And until next week, I'm John.
1: And I'm Richard.
0: And we'll see you then. Bye-bye.
1: Stay safe.